Okay, so today um, I, I have with me, I'm Kerry Ritchie from SAC Consulting. I'm Head of Food and Enterprise and I have with me two um, amazing colleagues. I have uh, Alistair Trail, a colleague in my, my team, who is a Principal Food and Enterprise Consultant. And I have Nicola Holden, who is our Professor of Food Safety at SRUC. And Recently, the three of us were incredibly lucky to be invited by the European Institute uh, of Innovation and Technology for Food to be part of their food learning visit to Iceland. Now, the European Institute of Innovation and Technology, short, uh, shortened to EIT Food, is all about supporting innovative agri-food SMEs. Um, and we, we joined them on this learning journey to, to Iceland. Initially, this started out as a bit of a trade mission, um, uh, but what it actually ended up as more of a show and tell and learning and inspirational tour. Um, and we went to Iceland for four days. Um, there was some pre-planned matchmaking, so we already had appointments with various businesses. Um, but over the, the four days, we... Um, on day one, focused really on how Icelandic businesses can enter the UK market. So that was about sharing our knowledge about the UK market, um, about the trends, the issues, the challenges in that UK market. But in so doing, we met a lot of interesting businesses. And that day was hosted by Mattis, and we'll say a little bit more about them later. Day two was all had a seafood focus, and we were hosted by the Iceland Ocean Cluster, and we're going to talk about them because that was such an amazing and inspirational uh, visit. Day three um, was all about controlled environmental agriculture, which is a specific interest to one of my colleagues here today, and I'm sure she will talk a lot about that. But that's really, in essence, what we were doing in Iceland. But uh, I don't know whether Nicola or Alistair, you want to add a little bit more about, you know, how you felt about the when you got to Iceland and what we were going to be doing. Yeah, sure. Um, I can go first if you want. Uh, I was, I must admit, I was really excited. I was so pleased to be invited. It was such a um, a nice opportunity and something that was quite unexpected for me as well. So yeah, wonderful opportunity. And um, I think first and foremost, I think it was really nice just to get to know our colleagues within EIT Food a little bit better. Um, that's a really valuable organization. And, um, you know, I'm delighted that SRUC are now fully fledged members of EIT Food. There's so much more that we can get out of them. So um, I think, you know, that for, for me, first off the bat, um, it was fantastic to be invited. I was very excited about the trip and it was really nice to get uh, to know the, the guys at EIT more. No, Alistair? I couldn't, couldn't agree more. Thanks. What about you, Alistair? Yeah, from my perspective, it was a fantastic trip. Um, I'd heard a lot of good things about the businesses in Iceland and the innovation and collaboration they've been doing from from colleagues that had been there before. So just great to see what was happening with the businesses. Um, but it was also fantastic to give businesses from Scotland the opportunity to go to, to Iceland with us. So one of the companies we've been working with in Scotland was Mara Seaweed, who's developing the seaweed supply chains in Scotland. And it was great to have Fiona Houston with us on the trip. And it was great for her to meet some businesses. And I think she's got some excellent opportunities to collaborate with businesses there as well. So yeah, was delighted to be invited and, uh, and thoroughly enjoyed the visit. So great. No, I think that's a really good point, actually. And um, I think that takes us neatly onto the other thing we wanted, one of the other things we wanted to cover today. And that was really, you know, two, a question is sort of like two things. You know, what did we think was the most inspirational? What did, 
what were the most inspirational things we covered at the visit and we came across or experienced in the visit. And, and I guess there, if we can share some of the examples around that, and then that leads us on to, you know, why are they inspirational? That leads us on to think a little bit about the challenges that um, Icelandic food and drink uh, businesses um have had to overcome so listen guys I'll, I'll open I don't want to just ask the questions for me there's two really standout inspirational things the first one was the creation of entrepreneurial space um both I guess at Matis well at all three places at Matis at the Iceland Ocean Cluster and at Orcadia that we visited on the third day for me the energy of people working together to create a number of businesses, a number of enterprises, but actually working together as a real business community. I really found that inspirational. And I think I think that's probably because of the one of their challenges is that, you know, their location, a small population, and they're an island, you know, in the middle of the ocean. And actually, I think that has been a catalyst for them being really entrepreneurial and really inspirational. And I found that truly inspiring and the the other thing that sticks out for me in terms of inspiration is the tomato farm I had heard of this before I'd seen photos before but for me you know you're in the middle of a lava field essentially <laughs> off a road in the middle of nowhere and you have this amazing tomato plant uh, uh, farm and and it's crowded with visitors and people and everything is made by tomatoes and you know I found that truly inspirational and and I think uh, those two things are for what really inspired me from the visit what about you guys yeah I I, I agree I think the most inspirational thing for me is especially what you said it's how Iceland and and the people of Iceland have overcome the challenges of being so isolated, living on an island in the, in the North Atlantic, challenging landscape, um, they've got challenging weather, but they've been able to develop such a very innovative and collaborative food and drink industry and supply chain. I just think it's fantastic to see. It's also great to see how they're making use of their, their natural resources, including geothermal heat and energy, using their good fresh uh, water uh, to create, as I said, as you said, the greenhouses uh, to grow fruit and vegetables and to see the islands no longer reliant on imports from mainland Europe is really great. Um, I suppose another thing for me is 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 amazed by the ingenuity and the eagerness of the businesses and entrepreneurs to collaborate together. Uh, a bit, I suppose, different to Scotland is that there doesn't seem to be a concern from businesses in Iceland about they may be helping a competitor. Uh, they're really more interested in developing innovation and working together for the benefit of the of the sector of the island, which is is really great to see. Uh, from from the innovation side, it was great to to see what's been done in Ocean Cluster, uh, where businesses are encouraged to collaborate together and make make the most of Icelandic marine resources. Uh, it was great to see that businesses are working together to use 100% of the fish to create different products like smoked and dried fish, omega oil products, leather, uh, cosmetics, and food supplements. So it's great to see that that they're using uh, facilities like this to encourage collaboration. Uh, and they're, they're able to say that 70% of the businesses in that cluster have actually collaborated together, which I think is just a fantastic start and something that we should be aiming for in Scotland. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I mean that, that kind of sums it up, doesn't it? Is that, um, 
you know, innovative spirits and the collaborative spirit alongside it. And what a, what a heady mix that makes. Um, I guess it's, you know, it, it comes back to that old phrase that uh, necessity is the mother of invention. And when you live on a small northern island at the top of the Atlantic that has got its own um, amazing geothermal activity and the weather on top of that and then the darkness in the winter, um, you know, and uh, having to import so much in order to be a sustainable little island. Um, yeah, I think uh, it's turned them into incredibly innovative uh, population of people and great fun as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally get your, your point there. I think um, there were so many examples of um, the power of collaborations and um, as you say, not really being competitors, but really just trying to figure things out together and being able to push on so much faster because of that. Um, that was just extraordinary. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, the, for the agri-food producers, as you say, uh, Kerry, um, they had really embraced the sort of agri-tourism side of it. You know, it wasn't just a case of, well, we have to build these enormous glass houses or whatever in order to become um, almost completely sufficient in their own um, vegetable production, if it was tomatoes or cucumbers, whatever. Um, but, hey, we've got this facility. We've put all the effort into it. Let's make another little business out of it um, as well. And now, as you say, these these places are incredibly popular touristic destinations as well or have uh, riding farms on them if you're also happen to be breeding ponies. Um, so yeah, it's you know a much wider perspective and really looking at you know what's on your doorstep and how to make the most out of it, really, really maximize it. I think that's really, I mean, I think you're absolutely right. Just the, sticking with the tomato farm for, I mean, that was a family enterprise. It was the eldest daughter that took us around because the parents were, I think, on holiday. Iceland is 70% self-sufficient in tomatoes, which is amazing. And that one business supplying 40% of that. So I, I thought that was incredible. As you say, it's, it's, it's not just a tomato growing uh, um, enterprise. It is a tourism enterprise as well. And guess what? We have Icelandic horses as well. So it was almost like every opportunity had been taken, uh, which is really inspirational isn't it you know because so often we focus on one thing and we then don't think about the things around the periphery which with a little bit extra effort can also add to our enterprise and add to our offer um, and I thought that was amazing and actually that kind of takes us really about you know how do we think the insight um, of of what we've learned how how will this insight impact on what we do at SIUC and at SAC consulting and 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 you know um, I think we've all made links already and we've, met, we've got actions in place from the work but um, let's just explore how, how we think what we've learned how we can bring that to our everyday. Well I, I mean I like the example just down the road from um, the the tomato glass house that we visited we also went to the mushroom producer and you know again you don't think on the surface of it that mushrooms are all that exciting <laughs> but my goodness you know looking at the business as a whole um and it wasn't just about the mushroom production to be honest he was really a crop farmer and what he was doing was making amazing compost and um you know his production system was all about the quality of the compost and the mushrooms, they could almost take care of them themselves. And then, of course, yes, on the back of that, he also had a very nice little farmer's bistro business um, that you could get any sort of exciting food from. Um, 
But yeah, I think that's one of the things that, you know, we can really take um, here is not looking just at one aspect of the, the food business. It's looking everything that's adjoined to that. So, you know, whether it's looking after your soil, if you're growing a crop, or whether it's looking after your production system, if you're rearing animals, and then the quality of the food products that you're going to get out of that, it's really considering the whole system and then trying to make that circle back again. Because again, another lesson that we learned from the mushroom producer, for example, was once the, the mushroom production was finished, what does he do then with all of that spent compost? Well, guess what? He puts it back into the system in a slightly different way, but he's making use of it. So he's joining that circle. So, you know, there's an awful lot that we we're already doing, but we can learn more, I'm sure, from that sort of approach. Absolutely. And the other thing, just while we're on the mushroom farm, is when we sat in the bistro bit, we were constantly reminded in that environment, there was a video constantly reminding us about mushrooms, what it's all about. So the story of the business was actually highlighted constantly. We were in no doubt that we were at a mushroom farm and it was sat enjoying beautiful food. Um, and you could go to that cafe without visiting the mushroom farm, but you were constantly reminded of that story. And I think that was that's a really important and valuable lesson that we can bring to when we're working with our clients as well. That whole piece about story and a story in exceptional circumstances. And as you say, Nicola, making the most of every single bit of material, asset, etc. What about yourself, um, Alistair? What do you think? Yeah, well, I'm involved in a lot of new product development work with our development chefs here at SRUC. So it was really great to see some of the innovative new products that we're making. We, as you mentioned, the tomato facility, we got to taste some fantastic tomato beer, which I never tasted before, which was fantastic. Uh, and there was also some really innovative products being made from from the fish industry. So it's great to see that some of the work that we're doing is being is being duplicated in, in Iceland. It's great to see that maybe they're even going a, a stage further in developing things that I'd never really thought of, especially that tomato beer that was that was fantastic. Uh, another part of my role really in SRUC is is working with innovation hubs and food and drink hubs. And it was great to see the the collaboration happen in Iceland and how that could be replicated in the new uh, food and drink hubs that are being built in the Highlands and in in Aberdeenshire. Uh, particularly, we are very closely involved with the Food and Drink Tech Hub, a business support service for Highlands and Islands Enterprise. And that um, Tech Hub is going to have incubator units, development kitchens, meeting spaces for collaboration. And it was great to see all the collaboration again happening in Iceland and trying to show to the companies in Scotland that by using the facilities and, and by innovating and collaborating together, that there's more chances of new products being successful in, in coming to market. So yeah, the collaboration was and the innovation was the big thing for me and really looking to see how that can be brought into what we're doing with, with the tech hub and also with, with the work in the Aberdeen one, the seed pod. So fantastic. No, that's really interesting because what, one of the things that you, you the, it was that impetus to collaborate that was really critical, wasn't it? You know, there was actually almost, if you didn't collaborate, then why were you there? So it wasn't just about here's a space, here's an office, here's an incubator unit that I can do stuff in. It was actually, you know what, the, the, the catalyst, the real value here is that somebody next door and there's somebody on the other side of that. And it's actually about collaborating. And, you know, we were actually told that businesses were expected to collaborate. And that was a real, a bit of an eye opener, really, because um, I think it happens here, but I don't necessarily think it's the, 
uh, um, it's an imperative, let's say. So I think that was really fascinating. The other thing for me at the Iceland Ocean Cluster was the space. I thought the space was very inspirational. I think the whole layout of um, kind of the glass-fronted offices, the, the, the sort of space in the kitchen, the kitchen, the kitchen and the dining area, the open plan, it's like a, it was like a bit of a kitchen diner in a house, but massive. That, we were told, was the most important space because that's where people shared food. That's where people talked over food. They discussed and shared ideas. Stresses and strains, challenges, all those things. That, that was really inspirational because actually you don't tend to see that as much, I don't think, in Scotland. Certainly I haven't come across it. And, and then those, there were those little breakout, almost like little lounges where, you know, if you were bringing in a collaborator from outside to talk over things, you weren't doing it in a sort of stifling office environment. You were doing it in a relaxed space that actually encourages energy, encourages that whole sort of open thought process. And um, yeah, with I hope I'm not sounding like I'm droning on, but actually I found that incredibly inspirational. Um, and, and, I, and I think it's bearing out because you just see what they're posting as an organization and it is really good stuff. It's great to actually see it in practice, isn't it? Because, yep. I mean, we all know that the old adage that, you know, everything kind of happens around the coffee machine, but to actually see it being put into practice properly. And it was the same, you know, whether it was Orcadia, um, they had a very nice sort of social meeting room. I loved the fact that, you know, the power company actually felt part of that collaboration as well. So it wasn't just the obvious companies and organizations that were involved. It was the ones that, you know, we're going to facilitate um, production of amazing um, controlled environment agriculture or whatever. And the same, you know, um, on the Mattis side as well, um, that kind of uh, eating, the common eating area, the common coffee area, the fact that the CEO was mixing with the interns and the students, you know, and making sure that they mixed was so important um, just to have those um, social relaxed chit chats. And then all of a sudden you get a, a really nice spark. And I must admit, that was one of the things that um, I did when we sat down and had our lunch is I'm afraid I ignored all you guys because I know you well anyhow. And I sat down with some complete strangers to me. I can't speak any Icelandic, but luckily they all speak beautiful English. Um, but I learned so much just in a 10 minute chat about their genotyping, for example, and some of the beautiful science that they're doing at Mattis um, and how the researchers work directly with uh, the organizations to answer really important stakeholder questions. Um, so, yeah, it's, it worked. It worked a treat. <laughs> no, I agree, because that bringing people together at breakfast time, you know, it's amazing. It was part of the company culture. People paid a little contribution towards it. But you've got the day off to a really bright, relaxed, but energetic start. I think the other thing about Mattis was that actually it brought people together from all over the world. You know, there were people there from so many different countries uh, for internships, uh, for a couple of years. And then, then you've got that sort of link across the world, which sounds a little bit romantic. But actually, you know, we've already got somebody from Mattis joining us on our Thrive Entrepreneurship um, Weekend School, you know, um, which is amazing, which is great because then people around that, the, uh, you know, the other participants in Thrive will learn from um, that person and they will learn vice versa and they will create connections and it's that value that you're bringing not only businesses together but people at the very start of their careers and you're inspiring them and helping them make these connections so yeah no it, it was it was an amazing space and uh, really stimulating I think we can bring 
learning like that, not just back to our own work cultures, but when we're advising clients, um, whether it be a tech hub um, or whether it be a client that's creating a, a, an enterprise on farm, we can, uh, or even just, you know, whether it's a rural or an urban space, when you're creating an enterprise where you're bringing people to somewhere, I think we've learned so much about space and the use of space and how it can spark, as you say, Nicola, sparks an idea. And I think uh, the connections are really valuable. Um, and I, I certainly will be using examples from Iceland uh, when I deliver Thrive, but also when I do, you know, when I'm writing a blog or when I'm writing an article, because I think it's they've overcome so many um, limitations and they have been creative. Um, but for me also, that sense of community, I think one of you mentioned it earlier, the fact that, you know, they're not competing, not, not thinking about the guy down the road is a competitor to me. They're actually thinking the guy down the road can work with me. I can help him. He can help me. And that to me is, I mean, that's a complete win, isn't it? Absolutely. Can I just follow that up, actually? And then, Alistair, can, I mean, I think you're really good. You're well placed, excuse me, to, to answer this. But, you know, one of the things that I'm really enjoying um, seeing development is these food hubs like Seedpod and like the um, the the agritech, sorry, what's it called? The Inverness um, hub that you're, you know, you're now involved in as well. Um, but these are such important collaborative spaces, aren't they? And, you know, what is there any way that we can kind of really help drive that or encourage that collaboration forwards? You know, is there anything there that you think that we can do to just even, you know, make those sparks a little bit happen a little bit quicker or burn a little bit brighter, that sort of thing. I mean, before Alistair answers that, one of the things I think we can do is bring these guys that we've met to talk to the guys that are developing these these new hubs in Scotland. You know, that would be my contribution, Alistair. Good idea. Yeah, no, I was just actually <clears throat> going to come and say that. I think there's a great opportunity for learning from the uh, what's been happening in Iceland and putting them in touch. Uh, our colleagues at the Tech Hub just actually visited uh, a, a similar hub that's just been built and operational down in England called um, Foodworks Southwest, which is really innovative place as well that shows good good collaboration and has space for people to come to and and um, and collaborate together. I think there's a there's a challenge with with Tech Hub in that it's it's quite a rural location. It's an old nest, so it's trying to get that space where people are willing to travel for for. Uh, collaborating and innovating together. Uh, we just had a meeting last week with the architects, so we're going to try and create a space that is going to encourage that that uh, collaboration spirit and that entrepreneurial spirit, and encourage people to go there for coffee, for meetings. I think there's there's use of online tools as well to try and get people to to share their experiences, share their expertise, and uh, work with the university partners, work with the funders to try and develop that next next piece of innovation, next collaboration that can make a make a real difference for the sector and the highlands because it's it's quite isolated. They've got some issues up there that that from Brexit and from other things that costs at the moment that can cause issues. So there's there's opportunities and as part of the project we're going to do as much as we can to try and encourage that collaboration, give them the tools to do it. We've got our own program of workshops and one-to-one uh, -one support, common interest groups, which we're going to set up and let people to 
come together under under experienced facilitators to try and get the most out of these meetings and make sure that there there is opportunities for people to to grow together so yeah it's exciting times for that project and all all the better for the visit to iceland where we could take these learnings and and pass them on actually you're you're right as well about you know um bringing that kind of those stories and that that experience in because uh, I certainly learned an awful lot and it's quite far away from my normal day-to-day job um, but we learned an awful lot from Mara Seaweed and what Fiona Houston had to say about the challenges with scale-up for example um, now I know that's much more familiar territory for you guys um, but I think it was really valuable um, you know to the to the Icelanders as well because maybe you know we t- we spoke to a lot of companies that were at very very early embryonic stage almost um, some of them were just still ideas on paper um, and some of them were slightly further down the journey, uh, the road than that but I think um, you know learning from each other is a really good lesson isn't it just to take forward um, I think as well it really helped having um, Fiona along too as part of our little Scottish contingent um, and um, yeah I think we've all already actually got quite a lot of out of Fiona in terms of what we could do with her a little bit more at SRUC but you know that's maybe another story um, but it was yeah it's it's a good point though is just listening to each other and learning from each other. I think that's that's the two things you guys have said there that I've picked up on I think I'll do the last one that came to me first that opportunity to share and test ideas before you spend money launching them. You're absolutely right, Nicola. There were some businesses that shared their ideas, particularly um, when we were at Orcadia on the last day, uh, when they were, they were talking about their ideas, what they're planning to do, they were looking for feedback. They weren't scared of sharing those ideas at that stage. And I think, you know, if people are, you know, whoever is leading the development of whether a tech hub or a Nexus or whatever it might well be, um, that's a real critical thing to be able to encourage and facilitate that safe space for people to share ideas, test ideas, get some advice in the round. And that brings me on to the next point is actually um, leadership. For me, what came across on all three days from the, the guys leading, whether it's Mattis, whether it's the Iceland Ocean Cluster, whether it was Orcadia, really strong leadership but not dominant leadership, embracing, encouraging, motivational, energizing leadership. These guys, you know, they they know their stuff. They're well connected, but they are about their businesses and supporting that, not about themselves. And I thought that was really quite inspirational as well. And I think um, in Scotland, we can learn from that as we go forward and develop these hubs, getting the right leaders in place, not managers, leaders in place. Somebody else can do the day-to-day management. If you've got the right leader in place that's inspirational, that can encourage people, that people want to be next to and near and be inspired by, that is really powerful. You know, and we've got, you know, we're involved with the Dairy Nexus down in the southwest of Scotland and linked to Cumbria. We've done some work with East Ayrshire Council on their plans in terms of their their, their food innovation centres. We know that, you know, there's lots it's the now is the time to be talking about all these opportunities you know yeah yeah there's no doubt we're at very exciting times and I think there is a lot of passion and leadership around um you know the that we kind of we do this job because we want to um and you know we we do you're right we do surround ourselves and make connections with people that are very passionate and um, very enthusiastic about their own area and able to you know to take it forward and be able to push 
And um, as you as you mentioned, you know, one of the areas that I'm really heavily involved in now is um, the controlled environment agri. It's such an incredible growth area right now. Um, and it was so good to see or hear so many stories as well um, out of Iceland. But, uh, you know, we're, we're doing amazing things here. And I think it was just really nice to be able to make those connections between what's going on in Iceland and what's going on in Scotland, because they don't always know each other. Um, so already, you know, we've made the good connections there. But there's a heck of a lot of passion there. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we've got dollops of it. So how are we going to use these? What, and we've said a little bit about what we're going to do. Have we done anything already or uh, how are we going to, you know, make the most of this? We're obviously going to share through the podcast. We're going to tell our colleagues about it. How are we going to use it in our day to day, what we've learned? Because we've been incredibly lucky to have this opportunity. Yeah, for me, I mean, I've and for the sort of research and education side, I've already had a, a small internal meeting just to share, um, you know, what I had learned from from the trip. Um, I've already made connections with various people, as I mentioned, the the controlled environment agri. So, um, making those connections between people that matter, and through EIT Food, um, you know, I'm hoping that they'll be able to facilitate some of these relationships as well and help build them up. And I had a funding meeting with somebody else yesterday, for example. You know, so things are already happening in that space, which is really exciting. Um, and from the, the students and the education side, um, I've certainly got it in the back of my mind that there's some excellent placement um, opportunities there. And in fact, when I had mentioned this at our internal meeting, um, I already had a student dump jump down my throat and say oh, oh could we arrange an internship please for Iceland for me for my project <laughs> so that, that didn't take long did it um but yeah I think there's there's tons of opportunities there um and I think one of the other sort of softer things that I'm going to take forward is just really learning from their their bravery and um, you know their boldness with some of the decision making is don't sit and, and stew on something for too long just be brave with it if it doesn't work it doesn't matter you're going to learn something along the way anyhow but just take some of those braver decisions what about you Alistair yeah well as, as I mentioned previously I think it's about the the food and drink tech hub and the the, the food and drink hubs and what learnings we can get from there and I'm trying to apply the the um the collaboration mindset and how they how they work together and the entrepreneurial spirit and try and take that for what we're doing and share that with the businesses that are going to be working with these these hubs. Um I thought it was really interesting that some of the, the research and some of the businesses in Iceland are doing very similar things to what we are anyway. So there was a good cross learning. There was a very interesting business called Dry Girl uh, that are doing uh, extraction of of proteins from from water lentils and duckweed and grass, and we've got very similar research in our own place where they're trying to extract protein from from uh, from grass and clover. So I think there's a great links to be made there, and I think we'll put them in touch. But there's also things happening over there that, that we've actually done previously, and we can share with them. Uh, one of the companies over uh, called Ure, uh, we're looking at high tech greenhouses that are coupling with geothermal and plants and, and power stations and that's actually been done in the, in in the UK before I was involved in a project down in England where they were taking waste heat and carbon dioxide from a fertilizer plant and using that to to grow tomatoes and large-scale greenhouses so there's some learnings there uh, that are that are good for them so I've, I've put them in touch with some of the stuff that we were involved in and and some of the information about that just to help them so even though we we learned a lot from there I think there's opportunities for us to share our knowledge and and pass on links and expertise to the businesses that are that are developing in, in Iceland. 
No, that I I completely agree. There's some really good points there. For, for me, the thing that I'm going to um, take away and use in my everyday is the fact that people, everybody we met was incredibly proud of their country, what they've achieved, their culture. And that they really built that into their stories. And I think I might have said this already, but that pride... Um, here, you you know, it would be a regional pride or a Scottish pride, but it's that pride in their country and in what they're doing and wanting to tell that story, but with the awareness of that they have to look after their country. They have to look after their natural resources. You know, they're incredibly lucky having the geothermal resource they have, um, but they're not taking it for granted. And they're aware of what they have to do and they're aware of how they have to look after it. And um, that, for me... Um, was, was fascinating and, and on the plane back we actually met a guy that had been a student at SRUC who is now managing a golf course out there and even just listening to him talk about how they've created a golf course that is really seems quite well sounds I'm not a golfer but it sounds quite unique they've made the most of their landscape to create something different to then tell the story and um you know, take that and, and encourage people to visit, albeit, and, and Alistair here is a golfer, but Alistair's going to, he did say that people have what they call, uh, I think it was a lava putt, which is a putt you don't really care about because you're going to break it on the lava. But it was really interesting. You know, everyone had that, that pride of what they've achieved and that acknowledgement that actually they're always able to learn. So I thought it was a fascinating I just think it was even more amazing that that same person actually went to my school and grew up about 500 metres away from me and is quite friendly with my younger brother, which I didn't realise at the time. So, um, yeah, it was great. And it's a, it's a lava club because you're club. not going to smash Sorry. it off the ground. When you hit your ground off the hard lava, you don't really care the club because it gets wrecked anyway. But, yeah, golf's a big passion of mine and it was been great to to see the golf courses but I think me and my some of my friends might if we can afford it arrange a trip to Iceland and play some of the golf courses up there because they did look fantastic I told you I wasn't a golfer and you would get something wrong so I think though thinking about this and bringing this to a close I, I you know I think we could I think we had four days in Iceland that we could talk about for a long time if we reflect on what we've learned but we can't we can't keep everyone forever and let's finally I'd like, I think we should end on, you know, an interesting, bizarre fact that we learned from the visit and, uh, and maybe one non-work related highlight as well. I think that might be quite, quite interesting to share. So what's, what's the, the bizarre fact and uh, the non-work related highlight? Let's and let end on that um, if we each contribute to that. I suppose the thing I've actually remembered the most and the interesting fact from Iceland is that is that the wasabi I've been eating in the UK isn't actually real wasabi. And the Iceland grow the best wasabi and tastiest wasabi in the world. So I, I, they were explaining to me, which I didn't realise, that most, most wasabi sorry, in the UK is a mixture of horseradish, mustard and green colouring. So it was great to go and visit Nordic Wasabi's product and taste the product and see what an amazing difference it is and how much fresher and cleaner and because I'm a big wasabi fan, but tasting that was just was just completely different, and definitely be doing that again. Uh, for the non-work side, uh, the highlight for me was definitely swimming in the geothermal pools. Uh, these outside pools, it was amazing visiting these pools in the early morning when it was still dark and it was only like two, three degrees outside, and you were swimming in this lovely warm pool, and the steam was coming up 
from the water. It was just amazing, brilliant. So uh, yeah, I love that part of the of the trip. Brilliant. Yeah, no, the wasabi one was fantastic, wasn't it? Um, I think the the one thing that I really appreciated, the one fact that I didn't know before I went over was the fact that they um, genotype everything. So it's not just, I knew about the human population. So they had sort of the, the genomes or the genotypes, at least for, for the, all of the human population, but they do that for their livestock as well. So um, for the, the cow, for the cattle and sheep and for the Icelandic ponies and even for the salmon. So you can detect which river um, a particular fish comes from. Um, it was extraordinary that. So yeah, I, I appreciated that fact. Um, the non-work thing for me was the crazy e-scooter journey that we did. <laughs> um, it was you think of e-scooters and you know maybe in um, Central European big cities and a nice serene scene of somebody going down a, a cycle path somewhere. Um, but with the wild, crazy, crazy weather and the dark in Iceland, uh, to be able to just jump on an e-scooter, cling on for dear life <laughs> and battle the elements and still get to where you need to go. Well, that was a new one to me, too. <laughs> for me, I didn't realise how big Iceland was. I hadn't a clue, you know, and to me, we I mean, we were just in the south. What's that? Southwest corner. And uh I was fascinated and and if we hadn't we did the um flyover Iceland experience and actually that made you really appreciate what a beautiful place it is I had no clue I was completely ignorant of that that size and the fact that we were in the they describe it as the newest bit of the island because it's where all the volcanic activity is and then they took the the northeast fjords and the oldest part of the island it's a completely different um uh, geography and I thought that was fascinating um, and the fact that you know they've got that huge island with something like 350,000 people living on it probably most of them in the in the southwest so that I thought was fantastic I was going to go swimming as well choose the swimming too because I thought that was for me a really cultural thing it really made me feel immersed in Icelandic culture because we met people that do it every day we met a lady that goes and sits in an eight degree plunge pool, which I did with Nicola and with Fiona, and it was very cold. And she sits there for five minutes. You know, that to me is really part of the culture. But I guess you've had swimming, Alistair. So I would say for me that in a, in a very windy, quite often wet, quite harsh weather place, Reykjavik is there. And there's some really beautiful bits of Reykjavik, the church, the way the church led down to... Uh, a, a really nice environment to showcase Icelandic culture and culinary. Um, you know, you had the wasabi outlet just down from the, the cathedral. And that to me, you know, is, is such a brilliant use of space for the tourism, uh, for the, sorry, for the tourist. And, uh, you know, so much, so much thought has been put into making the most of what they've got. And I love that. I think that's amazing. Um, does anybody want to say anything else about Iceland before we draw this to a close? Because I think we've covered lots of good stuff today. When can we go back? <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> a great question. And I'd be up for that, definitely. But listen, I've really enjoyed this chat today. I think it's been amazing. And, you know, we're going to do so much with what we've learned and we'll be able to put into practice. 
um, with the with our clients, um, the stuff we've learned and the and the skills we've learned, and the connections we've made, because that is so valuable as well. Great speaking to you guys. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thanks. Thanks. Bye, guys.